Good morning. Welcome to morning prayers. A brief correction from our announcements yesterday. The door immediately to my left will remain an exit for the uh, entire year. Uh, we will not be transitioning for it to be in use. So the door to my left will remain an exit. Rather, it will not be an exit for the entire year. Excuse me, it will not be an exit for the entire year. So we ask that you please just use the front doors um, to the sanctuary to come in and go out. Amen? This morning's Psalter will be found on page number 60. It is Psalm number 120. Please stand as you're able. When I was in trouble, I called out to God. I called out to God who answered me. What shall be done to you, and what more besides, O you deceitful tongue? How hateful it is that I must lodge in Meshech and dwell among the tents of Kedar. I am on the side of peace, but when I speak of it, they are, are, they are for war. Amen.
Our reading today comes from Luke's Gospel, the 18th chapter. Then Jesus told them a parable. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused. But later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God or no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continuously coming. Here ends the reading. You never know what you'll find in a cemetery. My colleague, Charles Anderson, the Memorial Church financial director, stumbled onto a funeral plot in Stockbridge, Massachusetts last weekend that carried with it a story that stands in the remarkable tradition of the parable we read this morning of the importunate widow. The grave of Elizabeth Freeman, also known as Mom Bet, was part of a larger swath of family graves. Mumbet was the first black slave to flock to file and win a free suit in Massachusetts, which found slavery to be inconsistent with the Massachusetts state constitution. What makes the case so remarkable is that Mumbet herself came to a lawyer on her own seeking justice. Her owner, Mrs. Hannah Ashley, had abused her when Mumbet prevented Mrs. Ashley from striking a servant girl with a heated shovel. Stepping in to prevent the blow, Mumbet received a deep wound to her arm, and she chose never to cover the wound, provoking others to ask what was the matter with her arm. Her response was to send them back to her slave owner to get the truth. In 1780, Mumbet, later known as Elizabeth Freeman, heard the newly ratified Massachusetts Constitution read at a public gathering in Sheffield, which included the following. All men are born free and equal and have certain natural, essential, and unalienable rights among which may be reckoned the right of enjoying and defending their lives and liberties, that of acquiring, possessing, and protecting property, in fine, that of seeking and obtaining their safety and happiness. Inspired by these words, Bet sought out the counsel of one Theodore Sedgwick, a young abolition-minded lawyer to help sued for her freedom in court. According to Catherine Sedgwick, Mr. Sedgwick's daughter, her account, Mum told him, I heard that paper read yesterday that says all men are created equal and that every man has the right to freedom. I'm not a dumb critter. Won't the law give me freedom? And after much deliberation, Sedgwick took the case. The case Brahm and Bett versus Ashley was heard in 1781. And after the trial and after all of the deliberations, that particular case abolished slavery.
slavery in the state of Massachusetts. After the ruling, that took the name Elizabeth Freeman. And although Ashley asked her to return to his house and work for wages, she chose to work for the attorney Sedgwick's household. She worked for his family until 1808 as senior servant and governess to the Sedgwick children, who called her Mum Bet. Fast forward to 2002 when the descendant of Theodore Sedgwick, Harold Ben Sedgwick, an Episcopal priest and Harvard alumnus endowed what is now the Sedgwick Chaplaincy. This is the role that I hold as the inaugural Sedgwick Chaplain here at Harvard. Standing in the line of justice seekers and just practitioners, the nagging light of that widow of the Gospels finds its way to the door of a lawyer named Sedgwick by an abused slave. And that same justice-seeking and just practitioner finds its way to the door of Harvard, and in many ways, the threshold of our time, through the charge of a chaplain to support, to tend to upend systems that silence and cast fear into the hearts of those on this campus and beyond. As the Sedgwick chaplain to the university, I hold the daunting responsibility to, as my friend and colleague at Brown says, serve the university's core mission through care of individuals and creating and nourishing campus climate. And it's even more daunting responsibility in these times when many of our religious and spiritually practicing students feel they must hide their traditions or wonder if they are free to engage in them because of political and cultural misunderstanding and prejudice. The work of the Sedgwick Chaplaincy at Harvard stands in the proud line of a lawyer who took the case of a slave woman who had the gumption to claim what she heard to be true about her own life. True, truth. Veritas, yes, that word that erupts from the slave quarters, that hounds an unfeeling, unfearing judge in the biblical text, that roams through the ivy halls of this institution, that comforts those in illness, trial, and tragedy, and calls up the need for justice in our day. To unswervingly hold to truth in our lives, to trust our lives and to never, ever allow another person to take away what you know to be the core message of your life is the message of Mambet, the call of the gospel, a line traced to Harvard, to Memorial Church, to this January morning of spring term. Let us pray. From the thundering voices of past days to the towering call to live with conviction for your truth, life, hope, and joy, O oh God, we are ever grateful. Amen. Amen. Would you please join me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples? Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. This morning's hymn is number 241, Come Down, O Love Please stand as you are able. this Tuesday morning, may God go before you to lead you. May God stand behind you to push you, on the side of you to guide you, above you to protect you, 
beneath you to sustain you and in you to keep you. Amen. Amen. Amen.